Our service this morning begins in the Eastertide booklet, which is available either as a PDF link in uh, Blue Jeans or here in the Narthex. Uh, you can pick one up out there tomorrow. He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Lord hath manifested forth his glory. O come, let us adore him. Together the Pascha Nostrum. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with all leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ is risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without him. Amen. This morning's psalm, Psalm 145, can be found on page 520 of the Book of Common Prayer. I will magnify thee, O God, my King, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Every day will I give thanks unto thee, and praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and marvelous worthy to be praised. There is no end of his greatness. One generation shall praise thy works unto another, and declare thy power. As for me, I will be talking of thy worship, thy glory, thy praise, and wondrous works. So that men shall speak of the might of thy marvelous acts, and I will also tell of thy greatness. The memorial of thine abundant kindness shall be showed, and men shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, long-suffering and of great goodness. The Lord is loving unto every man, and his mercy is over all his works. All thy works praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints give thanks unto thee. They show the glory of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power. That thy power, thy glory, and mightiness of thy kingdom might be known unto men. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all ages. The Lord upholdeth all such as fall, and lifteth up all those that are down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, O Lord, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and fillest all things living with plenteousness. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, yea, all such as call upon him faithfully. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry, and will help them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but scattereth abroad all the ungodly. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh give thanks unto his holy name forever and ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 25th chapter of Isaiah. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a palace of foreigners to be a city of no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore the strong people will glorify you. The city of the terrible nations will fear you. For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible ones is a storm is as a storm against the wall. You will reduce the noise of aliens as heat in a dry place, as heat in the shadow of a cloud. The song of the terrible ones will be diminished. And in this mountain of the Lord of hosts will make and in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wine, wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well refined wines on the lees. And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him and we will be glad and rejoice at his salvation. Here ends the first lesson. Together, le candemus domino. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he hath cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them, they sank into the bottom like a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Who is like thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou didst stretch out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hath led forth the people whom thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength to thy holy habitation. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, 
as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the ninth verse of the seventh chapter of Revelation. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. For all the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Here ends the second lesson. Joe, you're muted. Thank you. The Dignus S on page 8 of the booklet. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou art worthy, O Lamb that was slain, hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us kings and priests unto our God. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit let us pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. 
and grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who through thine only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, hath overcome death, and opened unto us the gate of everlasting life, we humbly beseech thee that, as by thy special grace preventing us, thou dost put into our minds good desires, so by thy continual help we may bring the same to good effect, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning. Typically on a Saturday, We've heard six days of reading on a particular historical passage of the Old Testament and a series of related ideas from one of Paul's letters. But the morning lessons of this week have instead been about a unifying theme of theology, the meaning of the resurrection, which we remembered a week ago at the vigil and Easter Sunday. Today, I wanna to focus on our New Testament passage. In reflecting last night on the passages of this week, as well as Bishop's meditations on them, it brought to mind a choral anthem, except that, as far as I can tell, I've never heard any anthem set to the text that is rattling through my brain. YouTube showed me one musical setting of the text from the 16th century by Thomas Morley, but I'd never heard it before. Instead, the passage I kept hearing, two verses from the 11th chapter of John's Gospel, are the first words said at the beginning of any funeral. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. These are the opening sentences of the funeral service in our 1928 prayer book. They were retained unmodified in the traditional language service of the 1979 prayer book, the one used at my father's church when he died in 1995. The same language was used at the same church both in 2017 when I put together the service booklet for my father-in-law's funeral and in 2019 when I created the booklet for my mother's funeral. These, of course, are Jesus' own words. The context is when Martha is lamenting that Jesus did not keep her brother Lazarus from death. But, of course, the bigger picture is Jesus is not only predicting the salvation brought by his resurrection, but also the essential role that belief in this salvation plays in the Christian faith. This latter idea of sola fide, faith alone, is one of the five great solas of the Reformation. So we are worshiping here today and every day because we believe Jesus died and rose from the dead, and this assured our eternal salvation. Christians for centuries have argued how exactly that death and resurrection achieved this result, with various theories of the atonement, theories such as ransom theory, 
recapitulation theory, satisfaction theory, penal substitution theory, moral example theory, and the governmental theory. Fortunately, we don't have to know how or even why God something did it, did something for it to be true. There are many aspects of God's created universe that we don't understand, but that doesn't mean the universe is not out there in its immense grandeur and unfathomable scale. I feel that we Anglicans have a huge advantage over many Protestants. Humility. Rather than claim we have a systematic theory to explain every possible aspect of Christian theology, we can just admit that something is a holy mystery, a truth of God's actions in the world and in our life, such as the Eucharist, that we will never fully understand on this side of the eternity. Yesterday and today, we have passages from the final book of Holy Scripture, which is often called the Revelation of St. John or just the Book of Revelation. The provenance of this book is given by the opening two verses, which say, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signaled it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Yesterday morning we heard from later in that opening chapter when John explained that the revelation came in a vision or dream while he was on Patmos, which today is a small Greek island adjacent to Turkey and Asia Minor. This is the book that teaches us more about eschatology, our understanding of end times, than any other book of scripture. In today's readings, we have nine verses from the chapter, chapter seven of the book of Revelation, describing as what, happening, what is happening at the end times, referred to by John as the Great Tribulation. In my reading, there are three distinct aspects to this passage. First, it tells of a countless multitude of people, robed in white, who proclaim salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The only hymn I know that refers to this image was written by an 18th century Danish, Danish Lutheran bishop and in 1907 was sent to a Norwegian folk tune by the composer Edvard Grieg. A hymn found in most Lutheran hymnals, the English translation begins, Behold a host arrayed in white, like thousand snow-clad mountains bright. With palms they stand, who is this band, before the throne of light. These are the saints of glorious fame, who from the great affliction came, and in the flood of Jesus' blood are cleansed from guilt and blame. Second, we have the angels praising and worshiping God. As verse 12 says, Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. This language is very similar to the language two chapters earlier in Revelation 5, a passage I happen to know because it is the text for the final movement of Handel's Messiah, Chorus, I've said, sung several times. The concluding words of Handel's Messiah are, Blessing and honor, glory and power, be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Finally, the last five verses make it clear that the multitude are those saved by the blood of the Lamb. An elder asked John, Who are these erased and white, erased arrayed in white robes, and where do they come from? John replies, you know. The elder goes on to explain to John. 
These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he sits on the throne, will dwell among them. They shall never hunger, nor any more, any more, nor thirst any more, for the sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living water, fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So today's nine verses tie it all together. The multitude saved by the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. As we sing or say every Sunday in the Agnes Day, Jesus is the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Our sinful and fallen world will always be in turmoil. And today there are even those who seek to inflame our anxieties to gain votes or to have us watch their news program. In contrast, this passage points to the eternal certainty of God's peace, one that promises to God faithful that peace that peace will transcend all our earthly anxieties. That promise reminds me of a passage from Paul's letter to the Philippians, one that was probably written 20 or 30 years earlier. This is the passage we hear paraphrased at the end of every Holy Communion service. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But let that peace reassure you today and every day as you meditate on the great gift won for all by the death and resurrection of our Lord, Jesus Christ. We now return to page 11 of the Eastertide booklet. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry, may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. Comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities. Have mercy upon the faithful departed, and grant them an entrance into the land of light and joy, in the fellowship of thy saints, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, 
but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you to Britt and Carl for making this morning's worship possible. Thank you, Joel. Have a good day, everybody. Bye, Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful meditation. I love it that you uh, love Handel's. I always think of Handel's Messiah as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.